Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Hour number two, Oilers now. Bob Stoffer uh, with the Edmonton Oilers in Boston, NHL CBA mandated off day. This is the second hour of Oilers now. It is brought to you by Digitex, trusted by 630 Chad. Visit their new e commerce site in order supplies, printers, and more at digitex.ca. You can text us at 630 630. Uh, reach us on a River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780 Our text line is brought to you by Westlock Ford. We're on Twitter as well. And I can tell you that some guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Don and his staff at Japanese Village will take care of you at Edmonton South, Edmonton Downtown, Northside, and out in Sherwood Park. In this hour... Boston uh, sports writing and television legend. He's an icon in this city. He's laughing right now as I say that. Joe Haggerty coming up in 14 seconds time. The head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, former Oilers associate coach Jay Woodcroft. And oh yeah, the Oilers, uh, arguably their best player in Sweden. Milana Lucic, a one-on-one sit-down interview to wrap up the show. Without further ado, there goes the greatest sports writer. Alive, or something to the, uh, that effect. Uh, stealing uh, in terms of a line that was once said about Ted Williams being the greatest hitter that ever lived. We welcome back to the show Hacks with Eggs from NBC SN in Boston, Joe Haggerty. Hello, Joe. How are you? Bob, what's going on, man? How are you? How are you enjoying uh, your time in Boston? Well, you know, I, I like Boston. Uh, I like Boston because. I like, well, to be honest with you, there's lots of places to go. You know what I mean? Nudge, nudge, wink, yep. wink. Uh, we, I mean, we're here a long time. Like, the, you know, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. That's four nights. And then the game, obviously, Thursday. Um, Germany was good because of our location. The food was a bit heavy, though, to be honest with you. And, you know, I'm not exactly, uh, you know, 
pulling in at four percent body fat. And and Sweden Sweden was a little bit too Spartan for me. You know, like the the rooms were, I don't know. I, and then of course the Oilers flatlined in their performance, which is something that you can relate to because and you can educate our listeners here. Boston didn't exactly tilt it up in their first performance against the Washington Capitals this year, did they? No, they didn't. And, you know, similar to what you're talking about with the Oilers, it was a pretty unconventional uh, training camp for the Bruins. The, they went to China for almost two weeks, had, you know, one faction of the team over there, had guys like Chara and Bergeron and Krejci that stayed behind for various reasons. So, you know, there was there was a lot of uh, disjointedness. That's been the word that's been used to really describe what was going on with the Bruins training camp, and it's true. And, you know, you, you put that together with Bergeron missed the entire preseason uh, with back spasms. You put that together with uh, they had lost uh, 12, the previous 12 in a row against the Capitals, who clearly have had their number for years and years here. And you put all that together, and they just threw an absolute stink bomb on the ice uh, opening night against the Washington Capitals. It was bad goaltending, bad defense, bad offense, bad special teams, bad everything. Uh, and I think a lot of things went into that. But I will say, you know, getting served a face full of humble pie on that opening night like they did, getting embarrassed the way that they did, uh, I think it snapped them awake and it snapped them to attention. And it, it certainly got their attention. And they've been much better in the last two games. Granted, it's been against Buffalo and it's been against Ottawa, two teams they should beat, two teams that will probably be in the lower half of the Atlantic division but they've played well in, in both of those games. And, you know, maybe that early uh, opening night wake-up call against the Capitals is exactly what they needed to get their minds right because they've been much better since. Yeah, they got shellacked 7-0. Uh, they responded immediately with the win in Buffalo, as you mentioned. And Ottawa, I mean, that, that line again. And i, I got to ask you this question. I mean, you saw them all last year, Pasternak, Marchand. Is he going with Marchand now instead of Marchand? Um, I believe he's going with Marchand, but as well as, uh, obviously, Patrice Bergeron. Is that the best line in the National Hockey League right now? I think it is, you know, and, and they, Bergeron clearly had rust opening night and they had a few goals scored against him. He didn't look good. And you, you really take that into account when you see them, you know, look that bad and play that bad. And, and you know, I, he's been awesome in the last two games, uh, four goals, uh, a hat trick in the last game against Ottawa. David Pasternak, you know, Matt Marchand had four assists in the game against Buffalo. He's been, he was the guy that kind of stirred the drink against the Sabres offensively. And, you know, David Pasternak, I think he's taking the game to another level this year. Obviously, the offensive skill is what it is. Uh, but he had a, a back check, a diving poke check on a back check against Buffalo that kind of t- uh, turned the tide of that game early uh, and, and, you know, helped take away what, what could have been a goal and turned it around the other end and the Bruins score. Uh, in the last game against Ottawa, he creates offense a couple times by going really hard to the net, uh, something that he didn't do as much uh, previously. So it looks like even more he's turning into a complete player at age, you know, 22, 23, uh, and already putting up big numbers. So not only are they the best line in the NHL, and I thought they were the best line in the NHL last year, certainly the best two-way line, and I think the best overall line. If Pasternak becomes even more of a complete player, pays more attention to detail, and does more of the little things this year, uh, you know, they're going to be even better this coming season. And, and to say that after they all scored 30 and were great last year's is really saying something, but you know you're impressed the, the last couple of games by what you saw. But I will once again 
<laughs> mentioned. And you kind of have to have the caveat here when you're talking about these last couple of games. It was against Buffalo and Ottawa. And you're going to have to see it against better competition before you're really going to start to wax poetic about all this stuff. All right. Uh, Joe Haggerty joining us. Joe, it's interesting because a year ago at this time, we, we weren't sure. Well, I, I don't know if we weren't sure. I, I didn't think Boston was going to be a playoff team, right? I mean, they, they kind of they kind of turned it on in the second half of the season. I mean, they had all those young guys that they integrated into the lineup. But even, I know the Oilers were in here in, geez, I'm thinking it was like the last week of November because they just stunk in Buffalo and then uh, practiced in, in Boston, went to a three-centerman where uh, McDavid, uh, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins each centered a line, and then Edmonton went 10-5 and five in their next 15 games. And they had a pretty good, strong game against Boston, but that kind of ended a poor stretch for the Bruins. And then they took it off and went on a ridiculous run where they won, won like 26 out of 33 games. So you guys weren't even sure what you had with the team here last year. Were you at this time? No, and a lot of it had to do with they were integrating young guys into the lineup. You know, there were rookies like Jake DeBrusque and Danton Heinen and Anders Bjork and Charlie McAvoy and Matt Grizzlick. They were all, you know, in fairly significant roles, fairly prominent roles. And uh, I don't think anybody really knew exactly how that was going to shake out. Um, but, you know, they had the core uh, from the year before that did make get back in the playoffs. You know, they, they played Ottawa tough. Uh, it went to, you know, six games in that series. And, you know, I thought they were, they were taking steps, you know, I, there was a little bit of unknown because they were going with a lot of young players, but you kind of thought they were going to be a playoff team based on the uh, the bones of the roster and the, and the you know the Bergerons, Marchands, Pasternak, Chara, Rask, all those guys. And you know it worked out for them. The rookies were excellent. The, the core guys were pretty good too. Uh, I, they were certainly better than I thought they were going to be. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I thought they were going to have a 112 point season and they were going to push Tampa uh, for the Atlantic right. Division crown and advance to the second round. But you know. I, They've got the bare bones of a pretty good team here, uh, and I think they're going to have a similar year this year. And it, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. They've certainly got some holes. They don't know who their third line center is. They, they put Dave, David Backus in there right now. I don't think he's the final solution. Uh, they're certainly very young uh, and small on the wings, uh, you know, especially in the uh, skill areas where you want goal scorers. And those guys are all going to have to come through, or they're going to have to go out and find somebody else. And it's going to be really interesting to see how this drama unfolds with Tuka Rask and Yarrow Halak and how the playing time is going to uh, be dealt out and what's going to happen the first time uh, Rask goes through a, a bout of struggles and how long Halak takes the job away from him and all of that stuff has yet to be determined. But I think it's going to be really interesting to watch how that plays out. Um, but all that stuff being said, I, I think this is a very good team with uh, some of the most dominant players in the NHL, and, and they should be right where they were last year, close to it. The problem is... You know, the other two teams in the Atlantic Division uh, were jockeying with them for the top three spots. Both got better, uh, and Tampa was already better than them to begin with. So, you know, that's going to be tough for them to, to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. Yeah, well, Toronto's going to be able to score. I think we can agree on that, right? Oh, yeah. What, Austin Matthews, uh, five goals and eight points. Was that enough for you in three games, Bob? Pretty damn good. He's a good player. The guy yeah. in Edmonton's still the guy in Edmonton still has proven to be better so far. I think we'd agree on yep. that. Uh, oh yeah, he's got he's got more uh, more of the pulling to do all by himself. I think for sure. Uh, that's uh, completely fair. Well, he does when he doesn't play with Drysaddle. 
Uh, and that is one of the conundrums in Edmonton. I mean, a year ago at this time, I remember Frank Cervelli, who uh, we both know well, uh, yep. he put out a piece in the top lines in the NHL, and the number one ranked line at the start of the season was McDavid with Dreisaitl and Maroon. And you know how well Patrick Maroon played against Boston over the last two years. He oh, yeah. And, uh, obviously, Maroon's gone for now. Remember, he's on a one-year deal in St. Louis. Uh, stranger things have happened. And, uh, you know, Leon's centering his own line right now. they got Nugent Hopkins with him and Rowdy. You know, those guys, unfortunately, were quiet in the opening game. Uh, Tori Krug, uh, out of the lineup uh, for a couple of weeks. I've always liked Matt Greslick. Uh How has he uh, stepped in? Because I saw that he played the second-most minutes yesterday against Ottawa. Yeah, he's been good. You know, he's, he's stepped up and played well, and I think the hope is that he can uh... – in Krug's absence, be you know a facsimile. I I don't think anybody's under the illusions that he's going to be as explosive offensively as Krug is. And you know, Krug has 110 points as a defenseman over the last two seasons. That's up there with the Carlsons and the Subans and the Victor Hedmans of the world. You know, Brent Burns's of the world. So you now he's been elite as far as the offense goes. Uh, they put Grizzlick in the top power play spot in his spot, the quarterback position, and kind of want him to be a facilitator. Uh, you know, they, they've put John Moore actually in, in Krug's spot in the regular lineup as far as the pairings go. So, But he's, you know, he's got a lot, a lot of the same attributes. He's a very good player. Um, I, I think there is some more offensive upside to his game. He's certainly a, a player for today's NHL. I mean, the way Grizzlick can go back into the corners, retrieve a puck, and so quickly just spin and go north and just get it out of the zone is so valuable, and he's so good at it. He's got such good instincts for, for that part of the game uh, that he's you know he's going to be in the NHL a long time because he can do that as long as he can stay healthy as a smaller guy. Uh, but he's you know he's been pretty good. He is he's not going to put up as many points as Krug, but I, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be you know top four potentially when he gets uh, a little bit better with the shot uh, for a long long time in the NHL. Yeah, no question. Uh, hey, Joe, awesome stuff. Thanks for the update. Love coming here, and uh, look forward to I won't see you tomorrow down at Warrior, but I'll see you Thursday. So look forward to touching base with you at that time. Sounds good, Bobby. Behave while you're in Boston, my friend. Oh, we'll try to. <laughs> see you, buddy. See ya. 121 at Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. 124 in Edmonton. We have about three minutes here to blast through some text. Interactive segment brought to you by Westlock Ford. Out of Victoria, British Columbia. Bob, are you as sick as I am about the TSN et al. Eastern-based media outlets glamorizing everything Maple Leafs? They've already awarded the Smythe the Hart and the Stanley Cups. It's a shamefully disgusting biased coverage from a national network and continues to show just how Mickey Mouse Canada comes across to others in coverage of pro sport. How can you and Jack in good conscience even claim to be a part of the Canadian Brotherhood of Pro Sports Broadcasters when your professional, unbiased, informative coverage is so far beyond those brothers in Toronto? Keep up the good work, question mark. Uh, look, um, first of all, there's lots of people that listen to this show that think I'm full of crap, so let's, let's take it that way. I, I mean, I look at it, the, the game in uh, Sweden, and it was the orders were not very good, Okay. And that's about as polite as I can say it. They, they weren't good. And, and I understand the excitement level in Toronto. Toronto can flat out score. 
Um, do I think Toronto's going to win the Cup? No. Do they have a shot? to? I think they'll lead the league in goal scoring. I'm going to say that right now. Uh, does, is TSN excited about Toronto? Well, they haven't won a Cup there since 1967, so I think it's a little bit understandable. Uh, you know, As for the orders, they got to get going. This text from Topher, Bob, are we in trouble here? It's one game. It's one game. Okay? And a lot of people thought that the team uh, was going to have a challenge to start the season. This text comes in saying, out of Edmonton, Bob, it's frustrating to watch the Oilers power play. Why would they put five left-handed shots in the first unit PP and then three or four right-handed shots in the second? When will they put Pugliarvi on his off wing to utilize his shot? I've said this once. I'll say it a hundred times. With Yessa Pugliarvi, there's a progression that has to occur with his games. He has to be in the right spot at the right time. It's coming. Uh, I thought he had some strong moments in the preseason. Frankly, to be honest with you, um, I thought he could have had more looks in the third period. I liked how he finished the second period when he got moved up. He had a couple shifts in the top six. But uh, when it comes to the issue isn't his commitment to conditioning or anything else. He just needs to learn the game a bit. And I think that if he plays with Strom and Kara, there's an R and Reader and Kara, there's an R or Reader and Strom, uh, any one of those three in combinations, there's an opportunity for him to get some mismatches and continue to grow. There's a player there, and the owner's got to get it out of him. Um, so in, in terms of the five left shots, if McDavid's setting up on the the left side half boards, and you have Nugent Hopkins as the or dry settle as the middle bumper, and then one of you know one of them on the right half boards for one timers, that could work. But you know when the orders lose momentum on power plays, that's a justifiable question to ask, and they lost momentum on their power plays as, as that game goes on. Uh, Bob, the uh, Harold Ballard curse will ensure that the Leafs never win the Cup. I guess time will tell on that front. Again, you can text us at 630-630. This text comes in saying, Bob, what are all these uh, idiots texting and thinking that the Oilers should win all 82 games? When every team plays the same night, only half of them can win. Pittsburgh has already lost. I guess they're finished for the year or two, and they should fire the coach and trade half the team, as uh, some of these so-called Oilers fans would. Like, relax, enjoy the games for what they are. They'll be okay. Uh, is San Jose not 0-3 to start the year, by the way? But here's the rub. The Oilers have missed the playoffs 11 of the last 12 years, and that's where the concern comes in. And in San Jose, 17,000 people go to the games. About 10,000 people really care. Okay? And in Edmonton and Northern Alberta, frankly, as a member of OEG, allow me to suggest to you we're damn lucky that we've got as many people on board as we do. People, you know, the support for the team is unparalleled. I, I make a strong argument. It's the best fan base uh, in the league. And you have to deal with some of the uh, neuroticness when the team fails. And the team had a poor performance to open the season. So you're going to get negative text when that occurs. It comes with the territory. 128 off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with Jay Woodcroft, head coach, Bakersfield Condors. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.